My name is Isel, and uh, it's a blessing to be with you today. And um, this has been our home church since it was in our home. So it's been a, a real joy to see God do the work that he has done amongst our fellowship and the family. And we really are a family. It's, it's amazing to me how many friends we have come visit us from other churches. And they're the ones that tell us that what we have here, this family, this fellowship, is, is not the norm. We are blessed people. And so I just want to thank you very much so for all these years of uh, coming alongside us. And those of you that are new to the fellowship, welcome. We love you. And we're so blessed that you're here. So let's have a word of prayer before uh, we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, so much for you indeed are a faithful God and you know all things, Lord. And so we just praise you and we thank you for your word, for the truth that is in it. And we just praise you, Lord, and ask that your word would take root in our hearts and that we would bear much fruit for your kingdom. We thank you that you are the one that does indeed restore our souls. You're the one that turns the ashes to beauty. You're the one that comes alongside and lifts us up, that we might be able to be called your daughters. And for that, we are ever grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, um, many of us that are in this room that have a similar background, once I say this, they'll, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. La tres B. Okay, how many of you know what I'm talking about? The three Bs. Raise your hand. If, you, if you're Hispanic, you know what the three Bs are. Okay? It's bueno, bonito, y barato. Okay? So that's, when you go out shopping, that's what you want to find. You want to find something that's good, something that looks pretty, but, but that's a bargain. So... So the three Bs of the Latin culture are bueno, bonito, y barato. But today, we're going to be looking at a whole different set of three Bs. And it's about our life in the Word, in the Bible. And so um, turn with me. Since we've been studying the book of Psalms, I'm going to have a, a couple of references to the book of Psalms. And we're going to be a, a little bit all over the place in the Word. But I think that that's a good thing on occasions like this. So. Uh, these three B's that I'm going to be talking and sharing with you about is the three B's of life. So the first one, and those of you, how many of you here are under 20 years old? Can you raise your hand if you're under 20? Wow. God bless you. What a wonderful thing. <clears throat> okay, well, right now you may not think it, but others of us that are in the room, we know that life is brief. It, it's the first B that I thought of, that life is brief brief. And um, when we were studying through the book of Psalms, there are several of them that shared this thought. And the first one that I found was in Psalm 39, verse 4. Psalm 39, verse 4, it says, Lord, make me to know my end, and what is the measure of my days, that I may know how frail I am. Verse 5, Indeed, you have made my days as a hand's breath, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly, every man at his best state is but vapor. Selah. And I love it when the psalmist puts that selah in sometimes, and that just means think about that. So if we were to think about how brief our life is, I know our days seem to be long, 
But sometimes when you look back, especially <laughs> over the last year and a half, it may have seemed like a long stretch, but now here we are and it's already May 2021. Like what happened? It's so going by so fast. Think about that, that's Selah. If you go to Psalm 144, verse three, the psalmist cries out to the Lord. He says, Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man, in our case, the daughter of man, that you are mindful of her? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. So you see here that it's a vapor, it's a shadow, it's something that just comes and goes by so quickly. And even King Solomon, the wisest man that ever stepped foot on the earth, uh, was in the spirit when he wrote about life, and I'm sure many of you know where I'm going, that he talks about how life is like a bubble. And the word he uses there is vanity. In Ecclesiastes 12, um, verse seven, it says, then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. And so you could see here that everything seems to just evaporate in life. We, we put so much stock into things here and now, and yet when you blink, those little kids that you saw grow up are now already driving themselves to school, coming back with other kids in their back seat. I mean, it's like, how did that ever happen? And yet here we are. It's funny because <clears throat> it goes by so quick. Enjoy it, ladies. Those of you that have little ones, take the time and enjoy it because this too shall pass. <laughs> and in the New Testament, James, um, starting in verse 13 of chapter 4, James 4, 13, it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. And if any year we can use this verse, it's been this year. We made all these plans, all these things, and everything just came to a screeching halt and everything got changed around. It says, you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. And so I don't want to just, I, I wanted to start with that one because it gets better. <laughs> it's brief, but life is so good. It's so sweet. Life is bountiful. There's such an abundance when you come to know the Lord that there's nothing like it this side of eternity. Um, because life is so brief, it is to our benefit to appreciate all the bounty of blessings that we get to experience. And believe me, if you look around the world, there are few people more blessed than those of us that live in this country. And especially, I could even say, in this state. It's been amazing to me to see some of my friends and the situations that they've been facing. Some of them, as you heard, we've been praying for... Um, Friends of ours, Pastor Ken in particular, that they may even have to go before the Supreme Court just because they decided to go to church and worship God. I mean, it's crazy. But anyway, moving on to the good things. Um, Psalm 
86 verses 5 and 15, but I'll start with 5. It says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Aren't you glad that you can call upon the Lord and he's willing to abundantly give you mercy? Skip down to verse 15, and it says, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and again, abundant in mercy and truth. So God's abundance, his bountiful blessings, his mercy, his truth. Turn to a few more Psalms later on in Psalm 130, verse seven. And he talks about, remember every time that you see Israel in the, the word, you could also say the people of God, okay? So it says, O Israel, O you people of God, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy. And with him is just a little bit of redemption every once in a while. I don't think that's what it says. It says there's abundant redemption. There's no one that God could meet in this room that he would love more or less than anyone else in this room. He's so abundant in his redemption, the way that he wants to fill us and give us those bounty of blessings. And in um, the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Those of you that are coming on Wednesday nights, you know that we've been studying. And here's, as I heard from Pastor say, uh, Here's the man that had made so many mistakes, but now he could stand and write a letter talking about the abundant mercy that he received, all because Jesus Christ gave him a living hope through his resurrection. You see, there is a bounty of beauty in blessings and in redemption and in mercy. And the whole concept of seeing how brief and how beautiful life is um, is celebrated in the Japanese culture, guess through what? Through cherry blossoms. So that's why you guys have cherry blossoms as your centerpieces. In Japan, the cherry blossoms are called sakura. So I know there's a restaurant in town with that name, so now you know what it is. Little Japanese lesson in there. Uh, it's a very special flower for the people in the country of Japan. So cherry blossoms are a symbolic flower of the springtime and it's a time of renewal, and it's also a very fleeting moment. It's, it's, it speaks of the fleeting nature of life in itself. And then there's another word that goes with sakura, and this one is, let me see if I say this word right, hanami, and it literally means watching the blossoms. And the tradition can be traced back to at least a thousand years. So if you can imagine, they have a whole celebration built around these trees, these cherry blossoms, because they're so brief in the time that they have these little flowers, and they're so beautiful that they want people to actually appreciate them. And some of us here have had 
more difficult times than others, perhaps. And maybe you're saying, yeah, but my bountifulness has been of burdens. My bounty has been of brokenness. And I'm not here to deny that. But I could tell you that just as, which it's so funny how you never know what God's spirit is going to do. But the fact that they sang beauty for ashes, I just thought, wow, Lord, you are too much. Because that's exactly what he does. He uses those broken times in our lives, those moments of burden to bring about his beauty. In John 10, 10, it says, the famous verse that many of us know, the thief does not come except to do what? To steal, kill, and destroy. But the second part of that verse is the great part. It says, I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And so yes, the brokenness, the burdens, those situations that we endure, all that means is that now we get to see an even sweeter perspective to appreciate things when they do happen. And um, I'm gonna also add one more section and one more set of verses in this little section here. Romans 5, um, starting at verse one, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, because of all this stuff that we go through, the burdens, the brokenness, and the beauty that we are so surrounded with, God gives us his peace. And isn't that what the world needs? I mean, more than anything else, I think people just need to recognize the fact that their hearts are so in an uproar over so many different things that are going on in this world today. And I can understand it, but it's so sweet when you recognize that God is the one that gives you peace. And it says in that same chapter of Romans 5, it says, through whom we also, through whom also, sorry, we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. You see, there are some hard things that happen in life. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. Ladies, just know that when you plant that little seed of brokenness or whether you plant that little seed of beauty, whatever it is, it brings about character and hope. And there is no disappointment when you do that in the Lord. The world will always disappoint. The world and people, even as good as we are, we try to meet people's expectations, but many times we fall short. And it's the Lord and the hope that we have in him through his Holy Spirit that was given to us that will never disappoint. And that is truly the abundant life. And then finally, our, our last B, is that life goes beyond. It's more than you could ever imagine. And we're gonna look at um, two Psalms here. 
The first one is in Psalm 49, verse 15. It says, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. And that is so sweet, because then again it says, Selah. So once again, think about that. Think about the day when we get to stand before the Lord and all of this won't matter anymore. The decisions and the consequences that we face today have an ultimate goal, which is to purify us and to cleanse us and to change us into the image of Jesus. And one day we're going to be able to say that, that my soul was redeemed from the power of the grave. The one who resurrected and overcame will receive me, will receive you. What a glorious thing. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 14 Uh, It talks about the palm tree, and we have many palm trees in Miami, and there's a whole study on just palm trees, but we're not doing that one today. We're sticking to the cherry blossom. But just for you to know, in the temple, they actually use palm trees as a pattern. Like, um, imagine like the, the mural that they did is of palm trees, and just for you to know, palm trees are one of the few trees that you can use every single part of them. But that's another teaching. Okay, verse 12, it says in Psalm 92, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. You see, these, these aren't real um, cherry blossoms, if you didn't know. But the real ones, they, they are there for just one reason. And that's to do what? To become fruit. Because the flowers fall off, and then wherever that little flower was, a little fruit comes out. If you have, I mean, not just the ornamental cherry, you know, the real cherry trees, that's how it works. So... Think about it. The beauty that you see for the short little amount of time, the whole point that it's there is because one day you're going to be able to bear fruit. That's the only point. Otherwise, it's just something that ends up on the floor two weeks later. It's, it's the way that the Lord does things. And we know that verse in John 15 that speaks of bearing fruit and abiding in him. And so we could start in John 15, starting at verse 4. He says this, he says, Jesus saying, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Isn't that a fact, ladies? The only fruit that we get to bear is because we're in the Lord. Everything else, it's not going to matter. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Very good. You guys are on it. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he was cast out as a branch and is withered, and they shall gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now jump down to verse 16. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. He made an appointment with you. Do you know that? It says it right here. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit shall re should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. And you see there that the, the soil, the nourishment that helps make that fruit come forth is the love that we have for one another that symbolizes the fact that we follow Jesus, the fact that he gave sacrificially out of his love. And <clears throat> we just are so blessed to, like I said in the beginning, have a fellowship of believers here that want to do just that, to love on one another and show the love of Christ to one another. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, It's my next to last scripture. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 4, starting at verse 16. It says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Some of you more than others can identify with this verse. All of you under 20, it'll take a little while, but believe me, it'll happen. <laughs> Unless he comes tonight, which would be the best option. But anyway, moving onward. Do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, remember we talked about the brevity of things, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things that, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Life goes so far beyond what we see, what we think. You see, the beauty and the, of these bountiful blossoms that if you ever go to D.C., you see that Japan actually gifted the United States a whole boulevard by the Potomac, full and full and full. There's like orchards of these cherry blossoms, but all that, you know how long it takes? It's only a 14-day thing, at most two weeks. So people go there, and, and uh, it's a big cherry blossom festival. I don't know now how big it is, but it always was. And uh, the other thing that happens is if you're in Japan during this time, the businesses actually close early so that you could do that hanami thing, go out and appreciate the blossoms. Could you imagine like closing down shop early just to go look at trees? But see, that's where the whole oriental meditation and thinking, how they, they, they appreciate things when they have them. And so how much more should we take the time to appreciate the eternal beauty of life that we have been given in Christ Jesus? Some of us here, we were raised in the church. I started going to church when I was five or six years old. And I remember, it was a big difference in my house when we didn't go to church and then all of a sudden we were like at church every day, like what happened here? And I remember being a little kid and seeing the difference 
that it made in our family. And I can tell you ladies, his life was given in a sacrifice to buy our salvation, to change our lives around, to give us that perspective of appreciation that that which bought our salvation from the sin today will keep us in him far beyond our years on this earth. We get to taste a little bit of heaven this side of eternity. And I'm going to finish this last verse. It's John 12. Verse, uh, starting all the way down in verse 23. And this is when Jesus recognizes the fact that um, he knows his time is here uh, before the cross is coming rather quickly. And starting at verse 23 of John 12, he says, it says this, it says, but Jesus answered them and said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. You see, ladies, in his death, there was glory. It was a glorious thing that he gave his life for you and for me. Verse 24, it says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves him, excuse me, serves me, him my Father will honor. And that's what we have to look forward to in eternity, a day that the Father will look at us and Jesus will be there and they will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That honor of being able to throw our crowns at his feet is what we look forward to. Way beyond our brief and bountiful lives, we look forward to bearing fruit for his eternal kingdom. It's true, life is brief, it's bountiful, and it goes well beyond our here and now. So the question is, what will your fruit bear? What fruit will you bear? What will your legacy be? Our prayer is that we bear much fruit. As it says in Mark 4, some 30-fold, some 60, and some even 100-fold. And I can tell you that in this time that we just finished studying the book of Psalms and now as we look forward to what the ladies will be doing in the next few months over the summer, I, I, I can assure you that whatever time you spend in God's word and in the fellowship of the saints and even in the breaking of bread together like we did today, that is how that fruit comes to fruition. That's how that little seed is watered and then it grows and it gives forth to this generation and to the next. It's our blessing to be able to live a life that goes far beyond the number of years that we're here. And it's as fleeting as those little cherry blossoms are, the whole point being to be able to taste and see how good God is to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your mercy, for your goodness, for your faithfulness, Lord. Who are we that you should even think of us? And yet you've given us these 
beautiful things to be able to experience, Lord, how you sacrificed yourself that we might be able to have life and have it more abundantly. We know there are so many that are here that might be heartbroken, that might be hurting. We pray that they would uh, not leave here in the same way, but that they would seek out someone to pray with, that they would be able to feel your hand upon their lives, just restoring to them that which uh, you want through your Holy Spirit, Father. We love you and we thank you for the love that we know that you've given to us that we can experience with one another. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.